Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Tommy. I am so glad you are here. I'm your host, as always. Uh, man, today we're going to start a series, I believe. I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we're actually in church. We're doing a series called Kingdom Life. Uh, I guess if you don't go to Grace, you could check that out. You could go to thegracechurch.net or whatever. But basically what I want to do over the next few weeks is sort of talk about what it means to have a kingdom mindset. What does it mean to see the world, uh, to see life as one who is living inside of the kingdom? And I think what that means for me is we talked about this sort of at Easter, and maybe if you go to a church or grace or whatever, maybe y'all talked about this at Easter. We receive new life through Easter. That's sort of the point of the story, that through Christ's resurrection, we are resurrected as new people. We are different. So what should that difference look like? And I think what we tend to do is sort of compartmentalize our life into little segments. Like, for instance, we might say I have a spiritual life, and then I have, you know, my marriage, and then I have my singleness, and then I have my—well, I don't guess you have your marriage and your singleness. You have your marriage or your singleness. And then you have your friendships and your finances and your kids and your health uh, and your fitness and, you know, all these different things. And we sort of have a bunch of different buckets. And our relationship with God or our life inside of the kingdom is just one of many buckets in our lives. I know that's the way I lived for so many years. And really, if, I, if I'm honest, I think it's only in the last few years that I've really begun to understand how there's only really one bucket. Now, what I don't want to say is that this whole, um, you know, I, I grew up in churches hearing things like he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. I'm not sure that's true. I think it's a process. I think you're moving into this. But I think the end goal, the end game, which is, by the way, the greatest of all the Avenger movies. Amazing, if you haven't seen it. Nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. But the end goal of our life with Christ, the end goal of being reborn as these kingdom people, is that there would only be one bucket. And the bucket is our life with God. And inside of that bucket would be our, our marriage or our singleness or our sexuality, however you want to label that, our friendships, our finances, our jobs, our kids, if we have them or, or are not, you know, whatever, our health, our fitness, everything, that there's just one bucket. And that's what life inside of the kingdom looks like. And so for the next few weeks, I think what I want to do on our podcast time together, you know, I'll do some bonus episodes that'll just be some rando thoughts along the way. But on our main episodes, I think I want to maybe take a deep dive into these different areas and examine what it would look like for each of these areas to be fully surrendered to the kingdom. I'm going to be preaching some sermons on this too. Uh, some other folks are going to share messages. Chris is going to share a message, and Danny's going to share a message. So, but then I'll, I'll sort of podcast too to supplement or just to add my two cents on to whatever they've shared. And so what does a kingdom mindset look like? I think there's some sort of base things that we could establish before we go into the individual thing. I think one of them is this. Give me just a second. I'm looking something up in my Bible. But it's, a, it's, it's James uh, chapter 1, verse 16. And if you guys wouldn't mind, let me just read this to you. 
It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among God's creatures. That's a really beautiful passage. But I think that sort of highlights what the kingdom mindset must be, is that everything I have, every good thing I have, is actually a gift from God. That every good thing I have belongs to God. It's 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 kingdom. And so whether it's my, I mean, you know, we talked this last Sunday. We, we The conversation was really about marriage or singleness, but I think it really boils down to um, sexuality in some ways. Sexuality is a good thing, right? Um, singleness can be a beautiful, great thing. Marriage is a beautiful, great thing. Finances, money is a really good thing. Friendships are great things to have. Kids, cool things to have. Health, uh, wow, yeah, great thing to have. Who do those things belong to? And so I think one of the things that has to be settled in us as we sort of examine a kingdom life mindset is, do all those things belong to God or do they belong to me? Who, who's really the owner of these things? Now, are these things that God gave me and God says, here you go, um, use, do whatever you want to with these. I don't care. That doesn't seem to be the biblical narrative. Or are these things tools that God has given kingdom people to be used to make um, God's kingdom known to other people? Are these things that we have tools that God has given us so that thy kingdom will actually arrive in the world through us? I kind of tend to think it's that latter. That it's not these are just things we have and we can do whatever we want but that these are things that are given to us that we steward, that we hold, that we, um, that we use for God. It's as if we're all uh, simply couriers of a business, and God is the president of said business, and he gives us these different things to take into the world and to use for him. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to think about how that applies to different areas of our life. And we're going to think about what that would look like if we truly believed that uh, our marriage belonged to God. That it was a tool that God gave us to somehow uh, glorify Him in the world. How would you approach each other? How would you approach whether or not to get married? How would you approach arguments? and, and different? If you really believed that your marriage was God's tool to change the world, how would you approach your marriage? What about your singleness? Which we've said multiple times on this podcast and in church that we believe it is beautiful and equally as as God ordained as marriage. What would your singleness look like if you believed it was God's tool given to you for the purpose of demonstrating to the world the love of God? I think back to my single days and yikes. Um mm. I did not use it as a tool to glorify God. I can promise you that. It was about me. It was about my pleasure and my pursuit of whatever I wanted in that moment. My pride, my selfishness, 
But I don't think I ever once stopped and said, okay, God, I am single and my singleness belongs to you. My single desires, my single sexuality, my single money, my sing- like all these things belong to you. I wonder how different my life would have looked. Someone actually came up to me this last Sunday after we talked about marriage and singleness. And, and this person basically said, hey, listen, I was in a relationship and I don't feel like that relationship was honoring God. And after listening to your podcast on this and after thinking through these things and after this sermon, I know that I am supposed to be single. Wow. Wow. What, what, a, what a beautiful um, understanding that's so difficult to arrive at, but that Above my heart and above my desires, this part of my life belongs to God. What about for people who are in a relationship where it's not equally yoked? And again, we're not talking about abuse or infidelity or anything like that. I'm just talking about the relationships that so many people are in. I have these conversations all the time where one spouse or one part of the relationship is pursuing God more than the other part. And it's just a constant source of frustration and and all these different, what if you believe that that, even that belonged to God? Wouldn't it matter how you talked and how you thought and how you prayed? What about your friendships? We'll talk about that. What about your friendships? What if you truly believed that those people who were in your life were put there uh, so that through these friendships, God would be glorified in our world? I think about uh, the original story of the garden and God sees Adam and Adam is, is alone. And Adam, remember, is a word that means humanity or mankind, basically. And so God sees human alone and God says, it's not good that you're alone. I know I have to work at this, guys. I value my alone time. Like it is my go-to like instinct, especially when I'm tired or when I'm worn out, like I just want to be alone. And people don't know this. I mean, I'm actually a a super uh, introverted extrovert, I guess, because I recharge on alone time. And I think some of that's okay, but it's almost work for me to want to really get deep and be around people. And that that's a problem for me. And so I have to begin to see my friendships and my relationships with other people as instruments that God is using and that God is using to bring himself glory. And I wonder if I saw my friendships through that lens, relationships created for the purpose of imaging God and glorifying God in the world. I wonder if I would treat friendships in a different way. If I truly believed that my friendships belonged to God, what would my... um, What would my conversations with my friends be like? Who owns your friendship? Finances, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about your money. Mm, Boy, man, that's always a fun one. I can't wait to preach on that. And, you know, I used to, like, be almost ashamed to talk about this because I know that so many people have been hurt by the concept of money in the church, and I know so many churches have abused it. And I see pastors out there who preach about, you know, giving and, and humility and piety and all these sorts of things, and they're wearing like $1,400 shoes, or maybe they came to church that day in a helicopter, and they live in a $9 million mansion, and I'm like, oh, that is mind-boggling to me. And so I've always sort of run away from that, but I'm going to talk about it in this series, and I want to talk about it in in more detail over the next few weeks in conversations with you. And we talked about it a little bit with Jeff and I, but 
just this idea of who do these things really belong to? Who do my resources really belong to? And if I believed that I was stewarding these things for the glory of God, would it change my mind about it? I think maybe so many of us live paycheck to paycheck because we, it's not because we don't have enough money. It's because we have no focus for our money. We have no understanding, no perspective around it. And so it's just something that passes through and just meant to make us happy or whatever. And so because there's no focus and there's no perspective, we feel controlled by it and dominated by it and always under the weight of it. What about our parenting and our kids? For those of you who have kids, what, what, what about that? Or what about the fact that you don't? Does the fact that you don't have kids belong to God? And like God, and I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, you're trying and you want to, and I don't think God is up there manipulating that to make it where you can't have kids. That's, that's not God. Obviously, I know there's people who struggle greatly with infertility, and I don't think that's, that's not God doing anything. I don't mean that. But the fact that you're in a season where you don't have children, does that belong to God? so that you can do certain things that other people can't. Have you given that season of your life to him? Is, is, does he own that? Is he in charge of that? I wonder how that would sort of shift perspective around that. And if we do have kids, do our kids belong to God? I mean, you know, I, th- I think all the time about what's going on in schools, and, and my daughter will come home with, with stories that, that scare me in some ways. I'm like, man, who, who is she around? What's going on? Like, what's she being influenced by? And so I'm always thinking about these things, and there's this desire in me to take her out or do something different. But is that really what's best for the kingdom? Or is it my job to raise up little kingdom warriors who will go out there and change uh, what's going on in the world, who will be people who love the least and the last Sometimes I think our best line of defense against uh, school shootings and all these horrible things that happen is having children in schools who are taught to love people, to look out for the loner, to look out for the one who's on their own, to love them, to draw them in. I know that's a, that's a hard burden to put on a child. But if my child is seen as a tool, as a resource, to image the kingdom of God, does it just change? And I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying, does it change the way you think? Does it change the way you look at these things? It's probably worth thinking about. It should probably certainly change maybe the way we, we spend time raising them and teaching them. Am I, am I spending as, as much time teaching my child about God as I am about, you know, baseball or softball or football or basketball or whatever? I don't know. I think it's worth thinking about. What about your health? Does your physical body belong to God? Does what you, does what you put in your body, I mean, there's, there's a, a verse, I think it's in uh, maybe 2 Corinthians. Let me see here. It says, uh, oh, here it is, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Oh, this is in King James. That's fun. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If my body belongs to God, if this is a tool that God has given me to glorify God in the world, would that change how I treated my body? Would it change my mind around the consumption of alcohol or, or you know, cigarettes or, or Snickers bars or whatever? Like if I truly believe that this body that God has given me is a vessel of the Holy Spirit and that it belongs to Him, would I take a little better care of it? 
I mean, I think about, again, back to the creation story. God created us, mankind, to be stewards of God's creation. And then God creates man and woman in his image, right? And so our bodies are his creation. Do we steward our bodies with an understanding that we are stewarding God's creation? Gosh, you could even say, you know, what about the environment? For some reason, taking care of the environment became a political issue. If I believe that I'm called to stewards God's creation, does it, does it change the way I think about environmental factors and, and, you know, I don't know, what I drive or my trash or composting or whatever? Gosh, there's so many ways we could go with this over the next few weeks, and I think we will. I think we will. I think we'll have some fun with this. I think we'll be challenged by these conversations. But I think we have to begin to, to take on a kingdom mindset, to at least open our minds to a kingdom mindset. I mean, with, with gosh, there's so many different ways that we could think about this, but if everything belongs to God, then every decision matters. I've said this before. I've heard people on the right and the left say things like, you know, it's, it's my body, um, my body, my choice. And I heard people say that about masks. I've heard people say that about, you know, uh, having children and all that. Like, I, what if that's not true? What if it's not your body, your choice? I just think if, if, if we're in the kingdom and we're taking on a kingdom mindset, then we have to be willing to open our minds and think, what does my life look like in this area if this thing doesn't belong to me? If I'm stewarding this for one who's greater? And so maybe we can think about this together over the next few weeks. And is it possible that our minds can be changed? Is it possible that, that our, our mindset can actually change on something? That the way I've seen it for the last, how old am I? 46. I'm 40, the way I've seen it for the last 46 years can actually be changed as I'm reborn into the kingdom. I think so. I know in 2 Corinthians 10, but I, got, I'm not, I don't have all these passages memorized. I'm not like a verse and passage guy, just so you know. I know kind of, I know what it says, but I'm reading these from my Bible. So don't think I'm trying to wow you with my scriptural memorization. Um, but 2 Corinthians 10 says, For we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. So it sounds like at least Paul believes that in the kingdom, we actually can take thoughts captives and our minds can change. Because the truth is, without right thinking, right living is next to impossible. It is impossible. Today, I want you to walk around, think about turning left while you're turning right. But in your mind, be, be thinking about turning left. Let me know how that works out for you. It, it, it won't work. You'll be like Zoolander. You'll only be able to turn one direction. So I think this is an interesting thought. And I think maybe we just sort of throw it out there today, general like we're doing. And then let's come back together and let's dive a little deeper into each category. Let's search our soul a little bit. But maybe today we just ask God to open our minds to what a kingdom mindset would look like, to what it looks like to be kingdom people, to what it looks like to believe that what I have is not mine. Even if you're driving in your car and I just, just, your car's not yours. It's, it's a tool God's using to glorify him. I mean, imagine that. Does it change how you act in traffic? I think if, if, if what we come to believe is that my life is not a series of buckets, 
that my life is not compartmentalized into different chambers, but that it's all God's and everything is in this one bucket. I think if we begin to think that way, or maybe we begin to pray today, God, help me to think that way. Then I just see all these doors opening up, all these light bulbs going off in different different areas of our life that are now all in this one bucket of God's or kingdom. Let's think about it. Let's think about it for a few days and then we'll come back and we'll begin to maybe dive deeper into each category for at least a few minutes, each one. I think I think there's time. We've already sort of talked about marriage and, and singleness, so we may skip that one, but into friendships and maybe into, you know, kids or not kids or health, fitness, some of those different categories. Let's see. Let's see where we end up on this. But I think for kingdom people, there's work to do. There's work to do in our thinking. There's work to do in our living. Look around today. Your job, man, let's talk about jobs. What if you really, I'm making a note on that because that's a good one to come back to. What if you believe today that your job mattered to God? That there was kingdom work to be done. That you weren't just punching a clock and making money and your boss who's on your nerves and that person who won't blah, 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 blah. Uh, No, it's all kingdom. It's all kingdom. You are there to glorify God. I think it was uh, Dr. King who said, you know, if you're if you're a street sweeper, then then sweep the streets like Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel or whatever. Ah, that's a very rough quote of a beautiful saying, and I am sorry for butchering that, but you get the point. Open your minds, open your hearts. Let's see what God begins to do over the next few weeks as we as we pray about surrendering different areas to Him. As we pray about believing that these things we have, these things in our world actually belong to him. I can't wait. I look forward to having this conversation with you. And we will come back to it between now and then. Let's just pray. We're kingdom people. Let's begin to challenge ourselves to live kingdom lives. Love you guys. Thank you again for listening. If you want to rate this or like give me a little ranking or share or something that helps, it helps get this out to other people. If not, whatever, man, it's your world. You do you, boo. I'll talk to you soon.